Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. This is God talking. What are they doing down there? This is Angel. Like an angel. Not a person named Angel. They are making milk from almonds. God says, what? I gave them like eight animals to get milk from. They don't like that milk. They don't like that milk. And he flips a table. I think that's really funny. (laughs) I like almond milk. And I like cow milk. I'm, I'm everywhere, but I just thought that was really funny. Like, what are we doing today? What is God's perspective on that? So we're going to talk about milk. Going from milk to meat in the kingdom. No, just totally kidding. You guys are good with this transferring of the microphone? You see all of our marriage dynamics here? This is going to be great. Uh, This is a subliminal sermon on uh, marriage and um, yielding to one another. Now, uh, JP mentioned Go Saints. I just wanted everyone to know that the Fantasy Football League for Cedar House is underway. Um, And although I drastically overpaid for him, I have Drew Brees on my team. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but God favors Drew Brees more than he does other humans. I'm almost positive there is a Drew Brees place in heaven that is special, uh, being the Saints quarterback and the godly man that he is. And I'm going to take really good care of him. Uh, No, um, my team's not very good. Brett is crushing me right now. Hey, Friday night, we had a water baptism here. Behind the screen, there's a a baptismal tank. And uh, we we did, it was fun. We had uh, several young people get baptized. It was just a really sweet time. So wanted to thank everybody who was here and who was a part of that. And uh, before we jump into Vision Sunday, we had a couple cool announcements and a couple cool things to say. Stacy is not pregnant. That that will never be the special announcement again. Uh, <laughs> we've said that twice publicly, and that's not going to happen again. There'll be, there'll be no more of that, barring a miracle. Um yeah, uh, we wanted to acknowledge a couple of people. So the Atwells and the Watts, why don't you guys stand up right here? These guys are amazing. So on Vision Sunday, just wanted to um, highlight these guys, some transition that's taken place. So Josh and Alicia are awesome. They're leaders in the community, just people who have really bought into our culture and who we are. And we're, we're so thankful for them. So they're you know, taking over. They're kind of doing a whole myriad of things, but kind of doing some of the administration work for the church. So if you see them around, they're probably always full throttle thinking of getting something done on Sunday or at any other time. So we're just so thankful for these guys and they've kind of stepped into that role and they're excited about doing it for the future. So thank you guys so much. Can you stretch your hands out towards the Atwells? These guys are awesome. So God, we just thank you for what you're doing in their life. We thank you for their commitment and their willingness to serve the church. And so, um, God, we just say yes to the anointing and the call on their life. Uh, yeah, we just pray for favor over them and their finances in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Gabe and Paige, you want to? Sure. Yeah. This is Paige, and this is Gabe. If you haven't met them, they're usually at the kid check table. Um, they are awesome, and I have been having my eye on them since I met them to take over Kids Church. And... Um, just a little insight. This is what I did with a prophetic word from God. I held it and I didn't say it to them until they were ready for it. Because 
how many know if you get a word from God and then you say it to the person and they're like, not in that season, they will run away. And that prophetic word will fall. Like a man proposing to a woman, do not say God told me. Okay, anyways. Um, so this is Paige. And I have been waiting for her to be ready to lead Kids Church with her husband, Gabe. And they are phenomenal. And so today is like the official baton handoff. I will no longer be in charge of kids. Gabe and Paige. Yes, clap it up. Yes. We only have church because they are taking care of the children. And they not only take care of the children, it's not just child care. They are making sure every child gets an opportunity to encounter the love of God. That is our priority with Kids Church. And I want all of you to know that. You'll probably hear more about it today, but yeah, we're going to pray for them. Bless them. All right. Yeah, God, we just ask that you would come and give Gabe and Paige supernatural uh, creativity, strength, wisdom to lead all of our children into encounters with God. ask that you would make it fun and light and such a great adventure that they would not have the typical stresses that other leaders of Kids Church have, but they would just be renewed more and more as they pour into the kids. They would be more excited to come and lead our kids, and they would have all the resources that they could ever need to fulfill the dreams that they have for Kids Church. Amen. Yeah, so awesome. Well, cool. Well, yeah, as I mentioned, this is Vision Sunday for 2019. I know that there's a couple more months left in 2018, but we just wanted to take a Sunday and let you guys know what we feel like God is doing uh, in, in Cedar House for 2019. We're, we're really excited about what God is doing, and um, we, we just wanted to put some language to it to really cast some vision and um, just be awesome to see what God does and in 2019, there's this verse in Habakkuk chapter 2. Come on now, you got to love some Habakkuk. I've never used Habakkuk uh, up front before, but an angel said this. He says, write down this revelation, make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. This is God telling us people, hey, what I tell you is coming. I want you to write it down. I want it to be plain. I want it to be seen. I want it to be known so that it can be transferred generation to generation, and from person to person. So we're going to take a, a, a little bit of time today and, and break down a couple things that we feel like is coming, particularly two things that are just weighing on our heart that we feel like God has for 2019. So just to set some groundwork, we're, Stacy and I, before we're leaders of a church, we're, we're followers of Jesus. We, we really like following him. This is really all about him. This is a, a ministry that is not centered around me and Stacy. This is centered around him. We like catching his draft and letting him lead us. And so before we're leaders, we're followers. And that's, that's for you too. So I, I, I'm excited about everything that's coming. But to be honest, we're, we're just trying our best to follow him and do what he has for us to do. There's uh, this verse, it's um, John 3, verse 8, where Jesus basically equates uh, being a spirit-led person as equates it to pretty much trying to catch the wind. And he says, you can, the way that the wind blows, so is it for everyone that's born of the spirit. And it's just basically saying, hey, it's not always going to make sense. So we're, we're trying our best to fall in love and follow an invisible God. And so we don't always know what that looks like. So we're, we're 
we're, we're trying our best to posture our hearts towards God and follow him the best way that we can before we turn around and say, hey, this is what we think God is doing. And, and sometimes we, we may get it wrong, you know. We're human beings that are in our process trying to follow him. But there are times in your walk where when you are following him, he'll give you something or tell you something to continue down the path to do. And once he says that to you, it's not a time to pray about it. It's a time to move forward. So it, it, um, maturity in the Christian life is following him. But when he says move, you move. So there are times where we're following him and we feel like he'll tell us to, to do something and we turn around and try to lead the best we can that way. Let me give you an example. So Moses, God used Moses to get a million slaves out of captivity. And God tells him, I'm going to bring you to the promised land. So he knew what was coming. He gets the million slaves. They're, they're going through the desert into the promised land. God told them what was coming. They have a little problem. They run into this the Red Sea, this giant body of water. And they, so they have water in front of them. They're going to die. The enemy's coming behind them. They're either going to die or be taken back into captivity. And so Moses starts to pray. Okay. Now, we would typically view that as a really good response, right? Like, when in doubt, pray. And so please don't hear me say, not, not that I don't believe in prayer, but God says to him, why are you crying out to me? raise your stick. It, God says to him, and put this in our language, I've already told you what to do. Move. And so there are times in the midst of following him, you're like, okay, now's the time. Okay, I'm going to lead now and kind of the best you can to learn how to be a follower and lead at the same time. So we're in our journey figuring that out the best that we can. And so there's two main things that we kind of want to raise our stick at for 2019. Amen? You guys with me? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll jump in. So, God, thank you so much for Cedar House. Thank you for our church. Thank you for what you're doing in the city. We love you. I pray that tonight you would pierce our hearts. We would have a shift tonight in our hearts of what you're doing. I thank you that LSU has a great field goal kicker and that we're undefeated. And uh, we just pray for favor over the team in Jesus' name. Amen. Go Tigers, baby. Hey, how many of you like Ikea? A little bit, a little bit. It's a funny uh, response. When you ask someone about Ikea, you either kind of get, oh, my gosh, that's my favorite store, or you get, I think the devil lives inside of Ikea. You get one of these two, two tensions. For me, I, uh, my first trip to Ikea was about 15 years ago, and it was filled with anxiety and stress and lack. And so I have stayed away from Ikea out of wounding. For about 15 years, I need Sozo and Inner Healing for Ikea. So pray for me and uh, Ikea. It's like a sore spot in my heart. <laughs> kind of kidding, kind of not. I have stayed away from Ikea. So uh, last weekend, we weren't here. Dave taught last week. Heard it was hilarious. But clap it up for Dave. Um, we, we went to Austin last weekend. There's a church that's launching there that we just feel like God's doing some cool stuff there, and we wanted to be a part of it. It's called Bethel Austin. And so we got to go and kind of see behind the scenes a little bit of what they're doing and really excited about it. You know, for Stacy and I, we always want to see other communities and see how God is moving and the way that God is moving. It's very inspiring. So I'd encourage you, no matter what walk of life you're in, business, nonprofit, church, parenting, exercise, 
anything, if there's someone around you that is inspiring to you or if there's someone around you that God is touching, go see how they do it. Go, go watch how they do it. It's, it's always good to kind of get a fresh, fresh dose. You know, spiritually, I look at it like I'm going to follow it until it gets on me. So if I see a move of God, I'm like, man, we need to go check that out. So we, we went to this church, and it was it was really, really cool. But we had an extra day to, to play. And uh, so what do you do with four kids in Austin with a, with a whole day? You go to Ikea. I mean, what else what else do you do with your time, you know? Uh, so we decided to go to Ikea. So immediately anxiety begins to fl- flutter through my heart. Um, we pull up. Um, it's, you know, obviously the giant blue building. So when Stacy says she wants to go to Ikea, for me, what I think is we have four kids under eight years old and I think, okay, I want her to have a good time. So my goal is just to take care of the kids. Basically, if I can keep them from breaking something or hurting themselves, this was success. If I got out without having to pay for something that they broke, I thought I, I did a good job as a husband and she got to look at some stuff. So uh, it, it was an interesting time. So for those of you who don't know, you, you walk into Ikea, and they have these rooms that are already made. There's a living room that is a, it's already completely set. You walk in, there's a bathroom. It's already completely there. And you think, I just want to take this exact thing and just transfer this into my living room. I want to copy and paste this thing into my life. My life would be better because of it. So you walk around, you see everything, and you kind of scan your card of what you want. Now it's all electronic. In the 15 years, they've really advanced since I've been there. Uh, but they, you scan it, and you go through this process. And, you know, it's interesting. It's, you, they, they, they know that you love the final product. So you walk in, and you're like, man, this is great. This is the final product. I want to take this, and I want to put it into my living room. And everybody loves the final product. And they spaced it perfectly. The colors are perfect. Who cares how expensive that is? We could put it all together. This is like, man, I want my house to look just like this. My life would be better with this final product. So you you keep walking. And halfway through in Ikea, they have, now they have this big, um, like, yeah, cafeteria set up. And kids are running around crazy and the whole thing, you know. Um, I got a vegetable medley plate and there was a hair in my carrots. That has nothing to do with my story, nor am I offended at Ikea, but I wanted you to know that that happened. So I fasted for the day at Ikea. I didn't eat it. Anyway, so you keep going through, you know, you pass this section where everything's perfect and it's the final product and you think, I'm so excited to check out. And you start getting to the end and reality sets in. And the reality is this. You can't just copy and paste that into your house. What they do is they hand you a box with like some wood and some lug nuts and a little bit of fabric. And you have to construct it and then go bring it into your life. So you see what you want. It's exciting. But the reality is you you have to take it off the shelf, pay for it put it together, and then put it in your home. Typically, you have this idea of this perfect prototype, and all you do is buy the chair because it's all you can afford. You bring it home, and the chair does not do the prototype. You know what I'm talking about? So it's this exciting thing, like, man, I love this final product, but the reality is you have to go 
get the materials and build it and put it together. And we were there, and I just felt really strongly like sometimes that's how we view church. You know, we like this final product. We like this. It's perfect, man. This thing is pristine. God's moving. Everything's just exactly how we want it to be. But the reality is it's not. The reality is to, to build in a community where the Holy Spirit is dwelling with us, we're, we're, we're taking lug nuts and we're taking wood pieces and we're, we're putting this thing together to try to figure out how do, we, how do we get to that place, you know. I've been to churches where I'm like, this is the mountaintop. Like, if we were only like this, things would be perfect, you know. And I, I want that experience. But there's this, this verse that I feel like God was sharing with me on this subject. It's uh, Proverbs 20, verse 21. He says, an inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end. Think about that. An inheritance claimed too soon will not be blessed at the end. So what God is doing here at Cedar House is we, we've seen prototypes of what it looked like, what it, what it looks like when there's a manifest presence and a community is thriving. And we're on the backside getting the wood, the lug nuts, the screws. We're getting everything going, and we're asking God to breathe on it to get us to where we want to go. But I, I want to say this. I'm proud of being in the warehouse and like, okay, let's try this. Is this what God's doing? Let's put this together. Maybe this is what God wants. Is this this process with God to get us to this place so we have the front room at Ikea? <laughs> you with me? The Ikea front room, anyone want what I'm talking about? And so it's, um, we're, we're just in that journey. And there, there's, we're in it together. And, and you can be as much a part of this building process as you want to be. And we're really, really excited about it. So there's two, two main things that we want to hit on. You want to say? Yeah, so the IKEA analogy was really funny for us because we were thinking that walking through, like, you really do step in this display room and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can make this in my house. You, we don't realize there's a thousand products in this one display room and we walk out literally with one box and we're thinking we get home we're going to transform this room and we forget all these other pieces that's just what we talked about but um something that gets us through this um process that we're about to go into is kind of I'm a big why person so before we go down any adventure in life we always like carve out what is our why for getting through this because when it gets hard and we get tired We're not going to be able to talk logically, right? Because my emotions are probably going to go crazy. So we we develop a why every time we go through something. And our why in the church is we want more than anything to provide a place where God is known, like truly known for his goodness. And we are a community that that, that refuses to question that goodness. That is what we want to grow. That's who we want to be. And there's lots that goes into it. But that's like our core why. Why are we doing this when it's hard? Oh, yeah, we want to provide a space where God, his character is known, and his faithfulness and his goodness is not questioned. And we really believe that if we can work towards that, we will provide and we will get to be part of a place that really worships God in spirit and truth. Because we'll truly be seeing him for who he is, right? We can't worship him that way if we don't know his nature. 
And so that's our, that's our why. That's in our heart when we go through everything we're about to go through. And that when we're going through Ikea, Ikea analogy of building the church. Yeah, our, our mission statement as a church is to remain in God's presence, explore his passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire a city. So that, that really is what we're trying to do. We, we just want to be, again, we're followers first. And so we're just trying to be around God as much as we can. We, we just enjoy him being around. So I think totally agree with that. Okay, so there's two two main things we feel like we're kind of waving our, waving our stick at for 2019. So the first one, um, something that we've just kind of been feeling for a while, actually, is, is to shift into having a servant's heart. To shift into having a servant's heart. So Matthew 20, verse 28, the Son of Man came to serve, not be served. That's Jesus saying this. Jesus came saying, hey, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. If Jesus thought, I've, I'm here to serve other people, not get his needs met, that should be a really high priority for us. So what we've done for the first three years of Cedar House is heavily focused on personal health. You know, I'm I'm huge on soul health, mind, will, and emotional health. You know, we talk about things like brave communication, how to have healthy conflict, boundaries, parenting, marriage, all of these type of things, and they're fantastic. But But the truth is, for us to shift from being personal focused for 2019 is to shift into being community focused. So it's not what I, you know, shifting from what, what can I get from church into what can I give at church? At tapestry, not what I can get, but what can I give? How can I serve the person to the left or to the right of me? Shifting that mindset, you know, there's, I, I sometimes I'm thinking, you know, we, we've, We've set up health to a point where sometimes I'm a little bit nervous, like, man, we're really healthy people. Like, I think we may be losing service a little bit. So I really feel like it's just the heart of God to just shift into serving one another well, serving the community well, coming to church to serve, not not just to be served. So uh, shift into that mindset. You know, we, something that we always talk about is self-help by itself, if I can label it that, which is not what I'm saying it is, but for the sake of language, you'll get capped out. You know, you can only work on yourself to a certain point. In the kingdom of God, serving another person is in the foundation of the gospel. So you can't fully experience God. You can't fully be healthy unless you're serving someone else. So, so my life is not about me. It's about you. The favor resources on my life are for you and vice versa. So I, we, we live that life to serve one another. So what we're trying to shift into is a mindset of, of serving one another. You want to do that? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been on this journey with God. I'm, I'm a little bit more introverted than extroverted. And so um, I can tend to have too much alone time because I enjoy it. And so if you're more introverted you'll understand this. If you're extroverted, you won't understand this at all, but maybe you can take from it. God designed community. He designed us to do life together. Like he wants us all intertwined in each other's stuff. He does. And it's better. It's so much better. It's hard. It's like way harder if you're an introvert. might be easier for an extrovert. I don't know. But it's harder, but it's better right? So 
we have to start there. Like, we have to know that God designed community. Otherwise, when it gets hard, we will retreat if we're an introvert. If it gets hard and we're an extrovert, we'll probably just go find another community. That's not going to get you what you want. We all want to have deep, meaningful, intimate connections, but it requires vulnerability. And that is where it gets messy. And so we have to dig our heels in and do this together, right? Okay. Um, it was really funny. We were talking about this before uh, church today, and then I, right before I was leaving, I heard this woman um, on my phone on a podcast, and she said, what did she say? I wrote it down. Um, my, God told me my breakthrough that I'm waiting for will happen only when I go get into community. And he told me I need to invite people into my life. And I thought, that is crazy. I heard that right before I was coming here. But it's so true. It's so true. We, we also can't sit back and wait for community to come to us. Community is not going to come knock on your door. I'm definitely not going to knock on your door unless you invite me over. I'm not going to be walking your street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe in a perfect world. But, but don't let that tell you that people don't desire community. Everyone, literally, every human being desires community because it's the design of God. It is written on our hearts that we would do this together. That's why isolation is so dangerous, and it's the devil's favorite thing because he knows if he can get us over there, he can tell us anything, and we don't have anyone to weigh it out. We can build our own little world and not even know how unhealthy it is. So community is from God. Do we need to say that together? Community is from God. <laughs> it really is. Let's say it. Community is from God. Yeah, that's funny. Half of you are like, no, I sit in the back row because community is not from God. I'm just kidding. I like the back row too. Oh, yeah. So uh, Landon and I were in New England with uh, Jeremy and Jasmine, and they took us to see this man named Dennis Kramer. And he um, called us up and prophesied over us. And he said this. He said, your greatest time of filling it will be when you are pouring yourselves out into other people. And I was like, I think he got that wrong. But I have it in my head. I have it, the voice in my head when I'm tired, when I feel alone or burnt out. I hear that in my head. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. And that is the truth. And that word was given to us, and this is our community, and we give that to this community. So as you pour yourselves out, that will be the greatest time that you will feel the filling of God. And you will, fill, you will feel filled up from God like you have never felt as you pour yourself out. Amen? Yeah, and it's not, you know, that, that'll include, like, serving in kids' church. There's, like, four adults serving. It's just fantastic. Or being on the greeting team or sound or... It includes all of that stuff, but it's really just, it's a heart posture of shifting into looking through how can I serve people? How can I be generous with my time and resources towards other people? Uh, Thinking of ourselves too much is is always going to lead down a bad trail. So the first thing we just really felt like we're just shifting into that service mindset. So you're going to hear a lot more from the pulpit on that kind of, that kind of mindset on, on serving one another. Sound good? Awesome, awesome. Okay, the second one, which is probably more important, but you can only happen with the first one um, for, for Stacy and I, is living for the next generation. We, you know, I, I don't uh, use possessive language typically about Cedar House because I'm about the kingdom. Like other churches, 
do a great job as well. But one of the things I just kind of possessive on is I want to be known as the church that just has a thriving kids ministry. I want to be known as a church where it's like, man, it's obvious that those kids go to Cedar House. Be- being a community that's pouring into the next generation, that, that includes college, high school, middle school, and younger, but specifically at this phase of our church, the younger kids, just, just shifting our focus into paying attention to them more, serving them more, having them grow in the ways of the kingdom. You know, we're not, we, we want them to experience God. I mean, read to you Psalm 145. This is a Psalm of David. Um, verse four, he says, one generation commends your works to another. They, which is one generation to the next. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor and your majesty and will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing with your sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger. This is David just saying, like, you know, it's all about the next generation, pouring into the next generation, modeling what it looks like to do life well, going into the next generation, as you can see, with Gabe and Paige up here, it's definitely something we're trying to highlight and shift into being uh, not just childlike, but actually pouring into our children. So middle school starting next week, you're going to see more of just an emphasis on kids. But a big part of that is for you guys to buy into that. And it's it's a mindset towards our children. you know. And that, again, will include serving in the back, but also just being aware of the next generation and posture towards the next generation and everything that we do. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to go work in kids' church. You'll see the kids all over. They don't hide. Just pay attention to them, right? You have something to offer. Everyone in this room has something to offer a child back there. It can be a smile. It can be, I love your shoes. Do you, do you remember when you were 12 and someone was like, hey, I love your shoes? You're like, Maybe not, maybe not your shoes, but hey, you threw that football great. I don't know. A compliment from an adult goes so much further. I coach my daughter Hope's soccer team, and at the coaches' meeting, they always highlight the importance of a coach's role in a kid's life. And sometimes I forget I'm an adult, and I'm not, like, on the team. I'm, like, the coach. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm in that role. Oh, oh, they look to me like that. Like, anybody else in here forget how old you are? And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. I could, they might remember me forever. Like I could impact their life and change their life. You know, like seriously, that's, um, kids are so impressionable. And if we are just a little bit more intentional when we see the kids around church, it it can change their life. It can impact them so greatly. So I, I challenge you all when you see the kids to smile, look at their eyes. That's a big one. Look in their eyes compliment them, give them a word from God, speak into their life, anything like that. But it is, it is such a passion that um, when we started this, it was a passion of ours that we would, not just because we have kids, but because we really feel the heart of God to give the children what has taken our lifetime to find in God and in life, that we could give it to them at this young age. I mean, don't you all wish someone had done that for you? And maybe someone did that for you. That, that's just the cry of my heart. I want Everything that I get at my age, I just want to be able to give it to my kids so that they don't have to go through life. And, and they're going to have their trials, but they don't, have to, they don't have to wait to figure out the things. I can give them to them. Does that make sense? So it's a big passion of ours. 
again, what would it look like for a community like ours to shift into serving one another and focusing on the next generation? It'd be pretty powerful. So we're, we're really excited about that. We're, we're going to do some ministry in a second. You know, we just wanted to highlight these two things of kind of where Cedar House is. And in December, we're going to hold a meeting. We'll go over church finances, projections, building, why we're doing what we're doing, so on and on and on and on, all of the, all of the departments of the church and all of that stuff. So if you, if you have any questions on those kind of things, probably early December, we're going to have one of those meetings, more of a logistical meeting. But just wanted to share the heart behind uh, what we're doing and specifically shifting into these two areas. Okay. Um, we're going to pray out of that, and then Stacy had something on her heart that we kind of do for ministry. So uh, you guys with me? You guys excited? I know it's not the highest energy night, uh, but, you know, we're not the most rah-rah group, and I'm okay with that, but um, there's really, really cool stuff's coming. God's got some really good stuff for us, for sure. We felt like this year was a year of hiddenness, so I'm really, really eager to see what happens in 2019, and I'm really excited about it, and you can have as much as you want. You can be as integral of a part that you want to be. Just buy in and let's see what God does. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.